Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Follow on Twitter at TweetJHood. What's up and welcome in. This is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app. Open phone lines for you, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is the telephone number. Follow me on Instagram on IGJHood. Follow the station on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago as well as Snapchat SnapJHood. Glad to have you in today. We're going to hear from friend of the program a guy that covers the NBA like a blanket, Ryan Hollins, is going to be with us in a few moments and getting his thoughts on what is going on around the NBA. As we started our show, we talked uh, a lot about the Bears and what is going on with the team. And this offseason is already interesting. We're not even to the draft yet. And the reason why that we can talk about it is because whatever happens in the draft, whatever the Bears are going to decide to do, ultimately we know the players that will be in place that's going to be making impact plays. And it's got to be from the quarterback position with Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, whoever that is, because Trubisky was so poor with his 17 touchdown passes and uh, 32nd in yards uh, per pass attempt and 28th in total quarterback rating. These things have to change. And that's why Nick Foles is here. He's paid. He was traded for. So that means that at some point he's going to see time. And just because Nick Foles is here, just because Jimmy Graham, who's long on the tooth, is here, just because you see Robert Quinn, who I think can be an, an impact player for the Bears on the defensive side, and Mingo and Bush and Trevathan resign, just because these things are happening, doesn't mean that the Bears are one of the top teams in the NFC. The focus for me is not the Bears and whether they can beat the Packers. Can they beat the Packers twice? It's a successful season. Can they beat the Vikings? That's not what this is about. What it's about is, is that the Bears have to be better than not just the Packers and the Lions and the Vikings. They've got to be able to be one of the top teams in the NFC. And I think that the NFC, just like another year of them just being daunting. This conference is daunting. We just saw San Francisco. And boy, if you really want to model your team uh, after uh, a ball club that was able to go from the doormat with Chip Kelly to um, what we see now, it's really interesting to watch. San Francisco was a team that was in last place, really wasn't thought about. They bottomed out and was able to get back based on one trade, one acquisition, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo. The quarterback position was so important. It's so important in 2020. It's so important all the time because everything's tailored toward the offense. So they get... Garoppolo, they have Kittle at tight end. They have weapons at wide receiver. They've got a good running game in Mostert. And so that's where the Bears need to be. Not just for a year, but they need to be there on a regular basis. You take a look at the NFC with Dallas and Philadelphia. Dallas, they have underachieved, there's no doubt. Davis is a, a Dallas fan, so he knows that the team has been good, but not good enough to be a perennial winner, to be in the playoffs every year, vying for the championship. But who wouldn't want Dak Prescott? Who wouldn't want Zeke Elliott running the football? Who wouldn't want Amari Cooper and a strong defense? The same thing with Philadelphia, with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson and Carson Wentz as a quarterback. You like those weapons, and you compare what those teams have in the NFC East to the Bears. In the NFC South, when we talk about the Saints, the Saints have now another target for Drew Brees. One thing about the Saints, 
They're not going to shortchange a veteran quarterback in Breeze and say, well, we'll just try to figure some things out. Uh, we'll just... It's not about that. It's about going all in, chips to the middle of the table, in order for a team to be able to have a chance at the championship. A chance. And so they were able to have not only Alvin Kamara running the football, Michael Thomas, who's a terrific uh, wide receiver, but also Emmanuel Sanders, uh, part of that mix as well. And then you go to the Bucks in the NFC South. Tom Brady, he's the GOAT. He may be able to raise the level of the Bucks, maybe, maybe not. But the Bucks were able to pay two years, 50-plus million dollars to Tom Brady and Mike Evans and Howard, the tight end. Same thing in the NFC West with the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks and the Rams. It's not about the North. It's about the conference. How can the Bears compete in the NFC? That's the big question mark because otherwise, all this talk about Trubisky or Foles or whether or not they should have Cam Newton or not, that doesn't matter. What matters is, is that have you done your due diligence? Have you done enough to say we're one of the best teams in the NFC? And I will tell you that even based on what we've seen here in the offseason, the Bears are no better than the fifth or sixth team in the NFC. Maybe worse than that when it gets all already done. So we'll see. But so far, so okay. Not bad, but they still need to be able to add more for sure. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. We turn to an NBA veteran, a man who uh, covers the NBA like a blanket. It is Ryan Hollins. He joins me, Jonathan Hood, on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ryan, as always, I appreciate it, my man. How are you? What's going on, brother? I'm doing solid here Here with the family. We're, we're kind of hanging out, man. School, work, play, all, all in one stop. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've had a call in New York, so I want to find out what happened there. Now I'm calling out in L.A. Uh, give us the scene, because here in Chicago, we're locked down, uh, and the same thing in New York is even worse. So give us set that scene for us uh, in L.A. regarding – because that was the first state that I heard that was going to be shut down here. Yeah, here in Los Angeles, uh, things almost look like a ghost town. Uh, uh, the, the neighborhood that I live in, I, I have rarely seen one of my neighbors. Couldn't point them out of the lineup. Uh, and, and now I've seen more of my neighbors than I've ever seen, uh, you know, out and walking. I, I've looked up into the skies, the L.A. skies, and they're clear. Um, the roads are somewhat ghost townish you know you'll see you know a level of traffic but for la we have some of the worst traffic in the entire world i I like to say i mean you don't see too many people driving and and moving around uh everyone in a sense is is quarantined and i've you know i've heard everything from you know hey we've got a pandemic on our hands is absolutely wild to hey you know it'll subside in a little while so i think um you know everybody just has a little bit of questions i know the youth are kind of clawing at the bit and, you know, ready to get out and get moving. Um, and I would like to advise even some of those young people, man, at the time, listen, quarantine, take this serious. You know, if you're going to go out and get some fresh air, you know, protect yourself. And, you know, above all, you know, if you, you have one rule, you know, assume everyone has it. But in L.A., this is a it's, it's a little different. You go why even like all the food spots are saying take out only. And, you know, there's a restaurant every every corner here. So. Uh, it's a intriguing times here in Los Angeles and even just beyond that in the world. There's no question about that. It's uh, 
It's a very tough time, but uh, you know, as as far as the NBA is concerned, there's questions from Adam Silver, also from Mark Cuban, on whether or not we're going to see the NBA again. And so, I, I mean, just like the like President Trump may not know, like I don't know, I don't have the information. I just kind of out of the top of my head, it's like, man, it would be interesting if the NBA returned, say, around Memorial Day or June first. And again, we don't know when sports will be back again, Ryan, but. If it was available, would the NBA move forward if, say, for instance, June 1st was the day to start the playoffs? Yeah, I absolutely believe if there's an opportunity for the NBA to move forward, they would. And uh, at at this point, uh, it's much more than a game. But, you know, what you would have to call for is the, the quarantining of the players through the season. So you may have a situation where guys, can't go out and just go to a restaurant or go hang out and you know maybe you're locked in with your loved ones and you know there's testing going to be going around around the clock because the thing about the NBA family is one player gets it and this thing is so contagious maybe it's not as deadly as we've seen things in the past even though it is deadly but it's so contagious that the entire NBA uh, would have the coronavirus so that's uh, really the problem there so I believe if you know possibly there, there's a test in play where there can be you know daily tests going amongst these players and safety quarantines in place. Uh, you know possibly we could get somewhat of a season going, or you know I wouldn't even be against going to to Las Vegas per se or somewhere that can hold and do a March Madness style tournament with all you know 30 NBA teams. You know whatever it may be, and I I just think you know as a as a as a nation, man, sports has gotten me through some tough times, man. And that's, I think that's what's really jarring about this situation, that we don't get to watch our sports uh, in these moments. No, no, bro. No. 16, not 30. You don't, don't try to get your Atlanta Hawks into the top eight. That's <laughs> No, nah, bro. Don't try to slip the bad teams in there. 16. This is done. The regular season's done, bro. Like, I don't know why you're trying to get Trey Young in the playoffs, but that's not happening. 16, not, not 30. Hey, You'd like to see a Trey Young LeBron matchup or Trey <laughs> Young Milwaukee man? <laughs> no, no, I do not want to see that. No, oh, no. If God. you've been ba- if you've been bad, you don't deserve to come back. Like, stay out. Like, but oh, give me the top sixteen. And, and here's what here's what is vital. And, and Eric brought this up earlier. It makes sense. So there's a number of teams that look at this time and says, okay, if there's no season, man, that means that we got to look toward. 2020, 2021, and I, I get that. But isn't this vital for other teams? Say, for instance, the Clippers. Bingo. Let's talk about the Clippers for a second, right? So because of the contract situation with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I mean, I'm sure Steve Ballmer wanted a couple of shots at the apple here, not just one. So, I mean, for him, and, and also LeBron James as well. I see LeBron's videos. He's working out. But at the same time, mother, you know, mother nature and, you know, father time, it's not guaranteed. So there's a couple of storylines here working as there's no basketball, is it not? Yeah, no, you, know, you, you couldn't be more right. Uh, in, in terms of the Clippers, uh, they have a real chance, you know, not favorites to go out and win a championship this year, the way they've assembled, assembled their versatility and depth in that lineup. Like you said, LeBron isn't getting any younger, and I assure you LeBron's in the gym somewhere running and, and conditioning. Uh, he, he's definitely got the means. And, uh, you know, every there's a, there's a couple of players that have just come probably completely shut it down and hanging out. And you got a couple that are going hard and conditioning and finding their way into a, a local gym or getting a, you know, a high school coach to open the doors up uh, in, in a small group. So 
man, these, these are interesting times. And, you know, you look at a situation, like you said, as free agency looms and say, well, you know, what am I going to do? We, we've kind of assembled this team for this year to win right now. So, you know, could we see a, a situation where the, the NBA contracts are honored into next year and, you know, we don't have the same class of free agents? You know, it, it, it's really intriguing to see how this would happen because if you are a team that's built for the now, you, you've got to win now. And we're, we're, you're, you're right. We're talking Lakers. We're talking Clippers. Uh, we're even talking the Milwaukee Bucks because, you know, Giannis isn't a free agent quite yet, but he's got uh, – there's some time there. Well, they have to have a good showing for him. And if they didn't, you know, kind of have a play for the championship or come out to East, Jonathan, I mean, what, mm-hmm. what, what, what's going on there? Interesting. And the same in the other Clippers news, and I was so happy to see this. Om Young Masuk from ESPN put it out there. Now you tell me what kind of new jack ish is this? Steve Ballmer, the owner of the Clippers, uh, gets a, a venue, a famed venue, the Forum in Inglewood. You were there as a kid, right? He he now is going to be the owner of the Forum, and he paid four hundred million dollars in cash for it. What kind what kind of gangster stuff is this? Man, cash. There's this. There's, there's, this, there's like this historical prestige about the Great Western Forum where you think Magic Johnson, you know, you think Kareem, you you go back through time. You know, I, I grew up here in L.A. You know, I'm an L.A. kid. Like, mm-hmm. dude, it, for him to buy that, it's a it, make no mistake. This is a this is our town. And when you drive around L.A., the Clippers have signs up that go, you know, street lights over spotlights or like Hollywood lights or, or show lights pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it's a shot directly at, at the Lakers. And I can't think of an even bigger play than renaming the great Western forum, dude. I, I mean, that's, I, I don't care how you put it, how you spin it, planting the Clippers uh, logo and name. And I remember when I, when Doc Rivers first came over, you know, to the Clippers, we were there. And the first thing Doc said is, I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm tired of looking at Laker banners when we play our games. We're covering those things up. I don't care what it costs. We're covering it up, and we're going to put big old banners of you know Blake Griffin and DeAndre and Chris and those guys and put our guys up there because we're gonna we're gonna make our own name and you know buying the forum, man. That's a whew, that's a shocker to LA, brother. That's that's huge. That is that is really huge, man. Yeah. It just and, and so and because the Clippers have been so good. Yeah, it's the old Laker building, but he I'm sure it's going to be cleaned up. And and there's venues, there's um music uh concerts and stuff still going on in the old forum, right? Yeah, there are. There are. Uh, my my wife went to a Bruno Mars concert over there, so no, there's things going on. There there's definitely, definitely things going on in Inglewood over there. It's a beautiful area, man. It's a beautiful area to go do things and I know uh, the community has been clamoring for, you know, basketball shows and events to get back. So you, you're really good to see that area lighting up. You got LAFC, the uh, you know the football club over, over there. So uh, you know LA, you know south of the the ten freeway is, is starting to flourish. All right, last thing I have for you. And I appreciate your time, uh, and I'm I'm giving you some of these things because you need this for the 17 jobs you have. You need some of these takes, so you could just you know you need some of these things. I mean, you can. You, I'm just gonna give you. I'm just gonna hand you one. Put this in your phone. Tom Brady. LeBron James, make the parallel. Go, I mean, you go, go ahead and make that case. I'm sure, like you know, with Broussard somewhere, or when you're doing a show on HGTV, <laughs> or when you're on CNN, whatever. I mean, you, you'll you'll use that stuff. I understand. 
Um, but I, but the the question is during this time, Ryan, this is a time for evaluation for teams to figure out what they want in the draft. March Madness is is, is not around. That was an evaluation time. Portsmouth is closed. I don't think, at least I don't believe scouts and, and players are coming to Chicago like they normally do because I enjoy watching it when it comes to Quest. So how do you evaluate talent if there is no tournament? Because if there is no tournament, I don't think John Morant is chosen twice uh, in the number two spot in the draft last year. Well, what, what really hurts right now is the college seniors. You don't get to see who can who can just flat out play basketball. Uh, but for a lot of these kids, you watch them all year long. They know who they are. Uh, they they know who who Ob Toppin is. Um, they know uh, the kid over at Georgia, uh, Anthony. Uh, I'm forgive me. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, but a lot of the scouts they've seen hours and hours of tape from these guys. You don't quite, you won't have the opportunity to see them in person, and that's where uh, it really hurts. Quite, quite possibly, you may not get the personality test. Uh, with, with these kids, so uh, you, you're you're really I don't want to say taking a shot in the dark, but that's somewhat what it is. And you know when you're drafting for the league, you've got two two things that you go after. Two things that you go after. I want you to remember this: one, potential. Who can you be? Can you be a franchise player? And secondly, if you're late in the first round, you want to get a guy who can play right now, a guy who's ready. So I'll give you two examples from the Lakers. You looked at Brandon Ingram. You knew Brandon Ingram was, was potential. He had star power to be a franchise player one day, and we see that somewhat coming into fruition over New Orleans. Now, you looked at a Kyle Kuzma, a guy who was, I believe, a four-year college guy. Kyle Kuzma was ready to play right now. Nobody knew how good he was. He was going to be this good, but you knew Kyle Kuzma was a little older, but he knew how to play, and he could come in and contribute. So that's how they'll kind of sort out how they go out and draft these players and look at these kids, but it absolutely – is going to hurt those college seniors uh, who, 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 you know, that's their best look. I, yeah, look, Jonathan, we wouldn't be on the phone right now. I was not on an NBA draft board in my team, UCLA, back in 06. We make it to the final game of the championship, and I was 10 spots away from the last pick in the draft. So uh, it, 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 this hurts a lot of guys, man. It hurts a lot of guys. And always that there's that gym or that diamond in the rough, that Dwayne Wade Remember the run that Dwayne Wade had, or like you brought out John Morant, you're not going to have an opportunity to see. I'm glad you spent some time. I just want to check in with you and see, see that the family is good in California. And um, we'll talk again soon. But no Atlanta in a revised format. No, no bad teams. Just top 16, bro. June 1st. Let's do this. June 1st, top 16, L.A. against L.A. Let's do it. Oh my gosh! I thought I thought it was a twenty team format, man. I thought it was no. twenty twenty sixteen, man. No, I thought no. That's what we're doing, man. No, that that means I have to watch the Bulls again. I don't want to see that again. Nobody oh wants to see. Oh my gosh! No, no, no. Listen, if anything comes back, Chicago's coming back, man. Oh, for God's sakes! Nobody wants to see that nonsense. Thank you, Ryan. All right, brother. Hey, appreciate it. I'll talk, I'll talk to you soon. I have nothing else to do, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. Uh, Ryan Holland's with us here on ESPN 1000. Coming up, so we talk about basketball. What about baseball? What's baseball going to do? Because opening day, what was it, Eric? Opening day is supposed to be Thursday? It Thursday. was. It's, it is. It's, it's, three, it's two days away. Are you excited? Wait. 
Well, no. Mm. I mean, we're, we're supposed to be hosting the baseball show I know. Show now. That, that, exactly. That was supposed <laughs> to start yesterday. <laughs> so, But there's no Man. baseball show. So uh, that's, that's supposed to be my new gig, but there's no baseball show. But what is how does baseball, how is this affected with uh, COVID-19? We'll talk about that. And don't forget, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right around the corner coming up at 930 on UTH. This is Chicago's home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Checking out the poll questions uh, at ESPN 1000. Based on their off-season moves, are the Bears a playoff team? 52% of you say no. That's close. 52% say no. Uh, also... Who would you like to see as your game one starter for the Bears? Cam Newton, Nick Foles, or Mitch Trubisky? Have you seen the poll, Eric? Have you seen I have this? not seen the results in a while. What do, po- what do you think the poll question said? What do you think it is? I'm going to say the Bears fans think Cam should be the starter. I think they like the name recognition better than they like Foles and Trubisky. It's kind of crazy, right? I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with this, though. But you only like the hat. That's all the the hat and the weird scarf. I was gonna say and the ascot. Don't leave out the ascot, please. Well, I don't know what he does in his spare time, but nonetheless, <laughs> I, I just think it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Forty four percent say Cam Newton and thirty six wow. is Nick Foles, right? Okay. So, so, but here's the thing. It's not the Cam Newton that we saw before. Who who? How do you know what Cam looks like? post-injury i don't even know if he's healthy we have no idea if that ankle is even anywhere close to what it can be and he had issues with his shoulder like his throwing arm so he's got a lot of questions it's it's worrisome for sure but it would be more exciting going into the season with the potential of maybe a healthy cam than really in my opinion two backups on the roster in Foles and trubisky but what if you get the same thing you denver got from peyton manning they got that one year Mm -hmm. of greatness a motivated Peyton Manning. You're getting a motivated Cam Newton. He's going to be super motivated. You know he's upset. He was the face of that franchise. He got released unceremoniously. Yeah. Like with no fanfare, no love. Whatever team gets him is getting a very motivated quarterback. And you, his body might fall apart the, the next year. Mm-hmm. But for that one year, I think he raises his level of his game. Of course, let me make sure this is clear too. We got TWT right around the corner. Let me make sure this is very clear too. If Cam Newton was the guy, the Bears still need weapons. Am I right, guys? I mean, it's, it, either way, he, it, like Cam can only do so much, just like Trubisky or Foles can only do so much. You still don't have a tight end. I was gonna say, who was his favorite target? It was Greg Olson, and we do not have someone in that position for the Bears at all. Had a See? chance to get Greg Olson. See, and and I'm and I'm cool with not having and Greg Olson not being with the Bears. I'm not holding on to him just because he was a great bear or, or, or a solid bear. Find someone even better than Olsen and Graham. Yeah. See, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not about name recognition. I'm about production, next-level guys that can help. So even if Cam was here, you still are a one wide receiver down, still a tight end down. You still got to be able to fill a few uh, holes on the line. So no matter who the quarterback is, they got to do better than Allen Robinson and Montgomery run the football. So, you know, to me, it's not about Nate. It's like, who, who, who can help Cam or Trubisky or Foles in this spot? That's on Ryan Pace. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. What's up with WrestleMania? No fans at WrestleMania? We'll address it next. Wrestling fans, 
Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do just let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificence, you're going to be mine all night long. Here's Jonathan Hood. It's Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So glad that you're with us. Every Tuesday night, we give you the best in wrestling conversation slash sports entertainment. You can find Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Don't forget about our YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday and hit the subscribe button. Even though there are no fans at a lot of these events for pro wrestling, there's still pro wrestling taking place. You know, WrestleMania is right around the corner in Tampa, which is now going to be two days. AEW still rolling shows in Jacksonville at Daly's Place with no fans. And to join us to talk about all the storylines around pro wrestling is Mike Johnson from PWInsider.com. Go to that website, PWInsider.com, as we talk to our friend Mike Johnson right here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Mike, as always, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure, Jonathan. What else do I have to do these days? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mike, I want to get your insight on what WrestleMania could look like using the New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom model for a two-day event for the first time. Yeah, so the the word that I heard, uh, actually, probably about an hour before we even sat down, was that they were looking at doing eight matches each night. Um, and obviously everything's in flux, and that can change. Uh, they're going to pre-tape WrestleMania this week down in Florida at a couple of different locations. But the word we had heard was they were going to do eight matches on the sat- for the Saturday broadcast, eight matches for the Sunday broadcast. That way uh, there would be 16 matches total. I mean... You would think that the second night's going to close out with Brock Lesnar against Drew McIntyre. Uh, Edge versus Randy Orton, we're hearing in the last man standing match, they're going to give that a lot of attention. I wouldn't be shocked to see that main event the the first night uh, just because it's Edge's first big singles match back in nine years. While it's an unfor- the timing of it is unfortunate and that fans won't get to have that immediate gratification of watching it live and, and, the, and the performers don't get that gratification of performing in front of fans live, it's still an important moment for Adam Copeland. Uh, you know, I, I, and we saw how emotional that was for him at the Royal Rumble when he came back. Uh, I, I think Orton and Edge is going to get a lot of attention that first night. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, you know, they've they've the lineup's good. Uh, there's some weird matches they've added to the undercard, but I think that's hey, let's try and get everybody on the car on the show as much as possible. It's going to be a strange WrestleMania because the number one thing that everybody loves about pro wrestling is that that connectivity between the performer and the audience, and that that electricity that you get watching the the performance. And we'll still be able to watch it on on pay per view and the WWE Network and all that. But a lot of that live electricity that people live for as wrestling fans, that sort of roller coaster ride that you go on, uh, it's it's a different. It's going to be a different element now, and that energy won't be 
blazing through the television to the viewers either. It's, uh, you know, as we've seen, they've tried to kind of fine-tune and, and, and figure out the right formula for the WWE television programs in recent weeks, and it wasn't until All Elite Wrestling did Dynamite that somebody in WWE went, Eureka, we should do it like that. And if you watch <laughs> the most recent episode of Raw, it, it was shot very similar to how AEW had shot Dynamite the week before. So I, I think WrestleMania, you know, if it's me, I look at it like this. We have no audience. The normal physics of what people expect WrestleMania to be are thrown out the window. Let's just push the envelope. Let's get a little more theatrical with it. Let's do different locations. Let's kind of do some guerrilla warfare style shooting on the street. Let's push things. Let's shoot it differently. Let's go a little wacky with special effects, especially with someone like The Undertaker against AJ Styles. And we don't have to worry about spoilers floating out, most likely. Let's just push it as hard as we can. And whether we like it or not, the situation that we're all in, the WrestleMania show is going to be completely historical and completely unique. Because let's say, best case scenario, things get back to normal, right? Mm -hmm. By the time we get to SummerSlam or the next big pay-per-view, it'll be back to the traditional presentation of what we expect the World Wrestling Entertainment broadcast to be. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, and they should probably just push the envelope. And even if it's a little hokey or a little a little goofy or a little silly and a little bit more cartoonish this year than it's been the last couple of years, you know what? Push the envelope, and I say go as crazy as you can with it because at the end of the day, they are basically putting themselves in the position where they're trying to distract people and make them happy and give them something other than this pandemic to worry about and stress about. So if they can give us four or five hours of that a night, two straight nights, that's a wonderful gift, I think, for anybody who's watching the show. But I say just, you know, take the home run, go for the home, take the bat, go for the home run, run the bases, and do it as as loudly and as as crazy and as garishly as possible. Just go all out. That's just how I feel. And I'm traditionally a wrestling purist. I don't want to watch – for me, I want to watch great wrestling, but I feel like this show, which has always been about spectacle and craziness, you know, you, the pomp and circumstance will have to be different this year. So push it in a different direction and just go, go, go. Because what we've seen on their Raw and their SmackDown broadcast is the character-driven stuff has worked better than the actual in-ring wrestling. So oh, I say go crazy with the character stuff. This is gone, This is sweet karma in a strange way, Mike Johnson, because... What Vince has never wanted is wrestling. He wanted to have this big spectacle, and now his shows are looking like ICW in the past. He should just paint fans on. <laughs> just, just just paint the fans, you know? Or just go crazy. Go Team Challenge Series like Vern at the end at AWA and just yeah. you know, pipe in the fans and just have a B-roll of fans. And, and <laughs> Who I've knows? Written, I've written this on PW Insider, <laughs> but inside the Performance Center, um, they have a room. They call it the 3D Suite. And there's a wrestling ring in there, a full-size wrestling ring. And imagine, like, when they film Star Wars, you see, like, the green screen. Mm -hmm. It's 360-degree green screen. So they could put a wrestling match on the moon if they wanted, you know, and have the moon be the background. And I, would, I, I don't know that they're going to utilize that, that for, their, for the WrestleMania. But I would think if there's ever a time to try and roll out some crazy CGI uh, technology and, and, and use it for pro wrestling, that this is probably the time and place. 
So maybe we'll see some of that technology utilized, or maybe we'll see them try and experiment more. You know, it wasn't all that long ago, a couple of years ago, that they were experimenting with uh, the the uh, the images being shot down to the ring when Randy Orton was wrestling Bray Wyatt at the one WrestleMania, and they had the worms and the other things being projected down to the ring. You know, who knows what what this means for Bray Wyatt against John Cena? They could just film a whole match in the Firefly Funhouse. Right. You know, they, they, we've got a boneyard match, which I, you know, they haven't really explained what that is with AJ Styles and the Undertaker. But I'm assuming they're filming it in a graveyard or a graveyard-like setting. So, I mean, I don't think we're. I think we're going to see them go a little a little crazy with the with the environments, and it'll probably be more like, uh, you know, maybe like a backyard wrestling video game <laughs> than than a traditional WWE broadcast. What is uh, the hottest match for you for WrestleMania so far? See, it was Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar, and I kind of, like, this is, this is nobody's fault. All of this has been foisted upon all of us. But I do feel like Drew McIntyre fought and scratched and kicked and punched his way from wrestling oblivion back to being employed by WWE and, and then getting a main event at WrestleMania. And for him not to have that in front of the crowd, not have that moment of victory in front of family and friends, if that's where they're going, uh, you know that that kind of it kind of blunts the to me the importance of that match. Um, I I am very interested in Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch. I think they've done a great job of building up Shayna Baszler as this monster threat to Becky. Um, I liked the the initial angle where she attacked Becky and bit her on the back of the neck and came up like Freddie Blassie as the vampire from the old Los Angeles territory and things like that. And I, I, I thought, like, the the promos and the interviews from each of them have been excellent. And even this week on Monday Night Raw, where they were, Shayna was in the darkened ring being interviewed by Charlie Caruso, and then Becky out of nowhere, out of the darkness, like Batman strikes, you know, and, and hits her with the chair and leaves her out and just walks away with this sort of smug, happy smile, like, I, I finally got my pound of flesh. Like, I, I feel like there's something interesting there. And the other match that I really want to watch is, you know, here's Rhea Ripley, 23 years old. Four years ago, she wasn't even in the company. She's going to be making her WrestleMania debut the first time an NXT title is defended on a WrestleMania stage against Charlotte Flair, who's one of the 1% best wrestlers in the world today, not even female wrestlers, just best performers in the world. And Charlotte Flair is someone who always delivers on a major stage. Rhea Ripley has delivered tremendously anytime she's been given the opportunity and in a perfect world that would be taking place in front of 70,000 people in Raymond James Stadium Stadium in Tampa but how much pressure and and how much electricity must Rhea Ripley be feeling knowing that this is the biggest opportunity of her life and a great match with Charlotte, win or lose, will make her, because WrestleMania will still be the time capsule for this year. It's a twisted, weird, awkward time capsule that's, you know, definitive of the, or defining in, in the way that the, you know, the sort of vortex that we're in at the moment is, is defining the current culture. But it'll still be the time capsule. So while there won't be that immediate gratification or those major moments of, of thousands of fans jumping up and down with excitement, I do think a lot of these definitive moments for 2020 are going to come from that show for WWE. I mean, I really think, I don't think there's a bad match on the show, to be honest with you. Mike, uh, it's interesting about how news develops. Sometimes you're not even looking for it, and it just 
it sometimes just pops up on your phone or you're just doing one search and you find something else. I want to just direct people to PWInsider.com for a story I find very interesting. So there's a fan asking Saudi Arabia, where's the WWE network? And the response from the network is, well, thanks for reaching out, our sincerest apologies for the inconvenience. WWE Network will not be available in Saudi Arabia until further notice. Well, what is, what's that? I mean, I, what, what, was that there a release? That is a great question. Uh, no one seems to be willing to clarify that yet. Um, but it was, it's not been the first time that WWE has said, hey, we're, we've got this relationship with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and we're we, we're waiting to sign this TV deal. We've got this ten-year deal to produce events, and then when it comes time for their financials to be announced, the money hasn't been received by Saudi Arabia, or the deal hasn't been signed yet. So, and and that doesn't make investors happy. So there, it appears behind the scenes, although neither side will obviously ever comment on this publicly. There's been a little bit of a tug of war over the situation, and. It may be that the WWE Network's been pulled in that country until things are are kind of uh, ironed out. Uh, we'll see. They weren't <laughs> going back there, I think. They had talked about August, and then I think the return date is now going to be like the first week in November, mm-hmm. tentatively. Uh, so they have time to iron it out before they anyone goes over there. So we'll see what happens. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. How you doing? Follow us on the gram at IGJHood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. I find it interesting that the WWE was on, on my company uh, on the uh, one of the platforms of ESPN, just seeing some of the old WrestleManias on ESPN. I'm wondering... Uh, in, in your gut feeling, do you think that there's a likely deal with ESPN or DAZN or one of these streaming services? Because all we keep hearing is that WWE might want to take some of their tentpole events and be able to ship them off someplace else to be able to garner money for them. What, what's your gut feeling on that? Well, WWE had said, Vince McMahon had said, that if they made an announcement that some of these events were going to be going to streaming services, it would be done by the end of the first quarter which would be the end of March, which we're just a couple of, you know, not too far away from. However, uh, the current pandemic throws everything into and, and all, all the plans have been thrown out with all the wrenches. Uh, so I don't know what that means. However, you know, we had heard that they were talking with NBC Universal about the, the Peacock, uh, which is going to be the NBC streaming service that launches this summer. It's going to have like say by new episodes of Saved by the Bell and things like that, but you would think they've had a, a, a strong relationship with WWE, so you would think they would ha- kind of have the inside baseball sort of uh, you know they they they'd be more likely. But there's definitely been chatter in the last month or so that ESPN Plus, which obviously already has a huge U- money making deal with UFC, uh, was cho- was talking to WWE and maybe the uh, the ESPN WrestleMania broadcasts are kind of like the feeling out process, you know, like, hey, let's go out to dinner and see if uh, we, we get along before we start dating, you know, or, mm-hmm. hey, water's fine, come on in, let's see if we can uh, go do some laps in the pool together. Um, you know, I, I think it would be silly to dismiss the idea that ESPN Plus, which is owned by Disney, which is a huge, massive thing that mm-hmm. has bought everything else in my childhood, um, <laughs> from Star Wars to Marvel to the Muppets, uh, to, to dismiss that, hey, they might be willing to purchase WWE and create a system similar to UFC, which is you have to subscribe to ESPN and then you have to uh, pay per event. The real question is, 
can WWE and a potential streaming partner get fans who have now become acclimated over the last six years to paying $10 a month to get everything now start to pay an additional fee for certain events or additional fee per event? I don't know. It's a... Uh, it's an, it'll be an interesting social experiment to see uh, what happens. But I would not dismiss ESPN Plus uh, partnering with WWE down the line. I think anybody who dismisses anything at this time and at this time of this of this stage of the game, where WWE is obviously looking to create a new viable revenue stream for themselves, would be silly to do so. Mike Johnson from PWInsider.com with Jonathan Hood on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So how much has this pandemic, Mike, um, really hurt the indie scene economically? Oh, it wiped it out because you can't run shows. Okay, well, I mean, look, all right, so, you know, it, let's compare it to Broadway, right? So yep. you buy a ticket to Broadway, you go to Broadway, you're buying food and drinks or whatever at the, at, at the theater. Maybe you're buying a T-shirt, maybe you're buying the program, maybe you're buying some other piece of merchandise related to the show. If that show doesn't happen... No one's buying shirts, no one's buying program, no one's buying merchandise, no one's buying uh, dinner, no one's buying drinks, no one's paying for parking, no one's paying for anything. It all stops. This uh, shutdown uh, with Chicago, with New York, with L.A., with a bunch of other markets and other cities and other states, um, it has shut down the, the independent wrestling industry. There are a few promotions running non-shows with no crowds in it, uh, and streaming them, but if you're an indie wrestler, right? If you're Jonathan Hood the Great, and you're gonna, you've got 25 bookings in the next month, you're planning to drive to those bookings, sell your merchandise, get paid to take those bumps, right? Yep. Well, you're not getting paid to wrestle. Since you're not getting paid to wrestle, you're not making any merchandise money because you're not making any merchandise money. Maybe you don't have money to put gas in your car now. So, I mean, and so now you're just hanging around at home. And I've seen a lot of wrestlers doing, like, some sort of different fundraising and other things. Uh, but it's, it, you know, this is a business that, that, you know, you have to keep running and you have to run on that treadmill. You have to do that grind. And if you shut the door and it's, you're unable to move, nothing, you know, you can't, you, if you can't get in the car, you can't turn the key to turn it on. And that's kind of where we are now. We're all waiting for the permission to turn the key so we can all get back to the, the, the gears moving. And the real question is, when is it safe, especially in something like pro wrestling? Locker rooms, small independent shows, these are close quarters. All it's going to take is one person who's sick to walk into a locker room, forget the person that they're wrestling with, but you know, one, one brief cough or they touch something and you're in close quarters, and now potentially 20, 30 people could have caught it, and then it goes to their circle and so on. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, until there's a viable vaccine, this is going to have to change indie wrestling. People are going to have to be far more concerned. They're going to have to be far more careful. They're going to have to be far more hygienic in terms of making sure that the ring and the ropes and the buildings are cleaner. I mean, this is, this is uh, you know, for an independent wrestler, this is the death knell for, death knell for quite a while, and it's going to take a while before things get back up to normal. Mike, lastly, I want to get your thoughts on AEW. You mentioned that uh, what they did at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, it, it was brilliant because it just made sense. It shows you some experience in the back in which you have producers that say, you know what, if we turn this around, turn this camera around, 
and not use the traditional hard camera angle, uh, you know what, maybe this will work out and it look great. They've done a nice job with it. What are your thoughts uh, on AW and the job that they've done so far during this time? Okay, so I'm not saying this because Tony Khan is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an Illinois guy, <laughs> but Chicago should be very proud of Tony Khan and his team because out of all of the wrestling broadcasts that took place up until that point, it was basically a small, drab, dark WWE show with some fancy lighting. AEW Dynamite, that episode that aired from, uh, I think it was close set in Jacksonville, it looked and felt so bright and alive and full of energy. And uh, I understand why certain people are like, well, that would, this wasn't cool because they had too many people close to each other. But having the heels on one side of the ring and having the, the baby faces, the heroes on the other side of the ring, all making ambient noise and playing up their characters. First of all, all the characterization stuff felt like it came out of a 1980 Saturday Night Main Event vignette. Yeah. It was all great MJF betting with Sean Spears and Colt Cabana doing his silly thing and all that. But to me, like that ambient noise and that electricity and that, and that sort of rambunctious feel, that's what pro wrestling should feel like. And up until then... We had Steve Austin going, give me a hell yeah, and they show empty chairs. Like, let's just make light of the fact that we can't watch this live. You know, right. it, 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 like, I knew they were going, so WWE was trying to lean into the silly, and to me, it, 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 there was a disconnect with the audience. AEW kind of went, listen, we got to all come together, but we can't live in fear, which we, you know, you can't live in fear, but at the same time, it's a scary time, so you got to be, you got to be, you got to be careful. And then they tried to just put on the best show that they could and put on a, a bunch of great wrestling matches in front of a, a fun environment. And by the end, with Matt Hardy showing up and then Luke Har- excuse me, the former Luke Harper, Brody Lee showing up, there was a feeling of like major milestone things that happened here, newsworthy things that happened here. We weren't treading water. We were trying to, we were trying to run the motorboat as fast as we could. And who knows if they'll be able to follow that up and continue that this coming week or in ensuing weeks. But AEW was like a phoenix rising, you know, out of the grave for pro wrestling and shining through the sky last Wednesday. And I, I, I don't, I'm not shocked the rating was so well for them. I think they had a little under a million people. But I feel like it, it galvanized wrestling fans in a way that WWE could have had the chance to do especially with Steve Austin on Raw. Like, imagine if Steve Austin had been General George Patton giving the, we're going to get through this speech. Mm-hmm. How many wrestling fans would have been inspired by that? But they chose not to go that direction. They, did just, they went for the silly, where he kicked Byron Saxton in the, in the groin and hit him with the stunner and things like that. They went for the silly. AEW, I feel they kind of galvanized the audience to make them feel like you're not alone, we're here with you, and here's some kick-ass wrestling to get you through the night. And that's what I think that's what the general populace needs right now. They need hope, they need to be excited, they need something that's going to inspire them. And I think All Elite Wrestling did a phenomenal job last week of being those talents and that company to kind of make people sit up and go, it's okay to take a deep breath and let it out, it's okay to relax a little and enjoy yourself. And that's what they did, and they should be commended for that. Thank you so much. Mike Johnson from BWInsider.com with us on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. Catch us next Tuesday, and don't forget to follow along on Twitter at WrestlingTWT.